0: Fullamish
1: is back for the season by Ladbrooks.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fullamish podcast.
2: Hello, you are listening to Fullamish lecture from the Fullamish boys. It's Don Betts on the hosting mic today, a bit different. Sammy's up in Manchester, Jack's busy, so you've got me for today. Jabba Eshef today is going to be your extra dose of FFC content. Today we'll be previewing Sunday's Liverpool match at Anfield here in the studio. Sammy will speaking to the guys at the Anfield Rap, and we'll replay our interview with former Fulham player Rob Scott off our Love Spot radio show. In the studio, i have got Guy Gavalo. Hello, how are you? And not bad, mate. Cam Ramsey as well, making his pod debut. How are you doing, mate? Good evening, guys. Sammy and Jack recorded their whispering emotional podcast after the game on Monday night. We're in more to look ahead to the game, but... I mean, if we if we just quickly touch on it, where do we go here?
3: Literally and figuratively, we are hit rock bottom because we're bottom of the league. So we can only go up from here, really. The only positive one I can take is that at least I can say I was there, you know, <laughs> at the lowest point of the season
4: because it's not going to get any worse than that. Cam, I mean, watching it at home, what, what did you think? Well, the results, disregarding the actual performance itself, are slowly getting better. So in that respect, it's a positive, but... We were just outclassed, well not necessarily outclassed, but overruled more in every department. It was a bit of a wince every time we got on the ball, especially defensively, and that stood a conundrum. But it was just one of those games, the better team won, they had more fight, they had more determination, and we were just a crestfallen, beaten squad at the end of it, and the only player that actually wanted to fight was Ryan Sessegnon, and that speaks volumes because he's a full man.
2: This season, Fulham is sponsored by Labrook. So for exclusive specials and promotions, head to bet.fulhamish.co.uk. And also, Sammy did a special podcast that came out on Wednesday, which is Fulham and the First World War. Speaking about the players who played Fulham before the Great War started and, and great stories behind them. He spoke to Morgan Phillips, who's been a Fulham fan for God knows how long. And he, he, it's just a really great podcast. And obviously, celebrate. Obviously it's been 100 years since the Great War. So if you haven't listened to it yet, definitely go listen to it. We're moving ahead to the Liverpool game. I mean... As I said in the previous podcast, you look at top six home and away, you sort of disregard them. They're throwaway games. You're not expecting anything, but you are expecting after a, a terrible run, we've got some sort of reaction.
3: Yeah, definitely. And it's probably a good time to play Liverpool as well. Obviously, they lost at the time of recording last night to rest Star Belgrade, who are a pretty poor team, really scraped through to qualifying the Champions League as Cam said the guy who scored two goals was a
4: part-time shop assistant is it Cam? I believe so a part-time shop <laughs> assistant which is worth what £3,000 or something stupid like, yeah.
3: like I said good times play Liverpool obviously at Anfield we're not expecting anything done, like you said but we want a reaction I remember was it our relegation season where we lost there like 4-1 or 4-0 and that a similar point to um, this season. That was when we knew we were properly in trouble, I thought. The way Bourbisov played that game particularly stands out for me. We know we're in trouble now. We just want to see a little bit more impetus for the ball, especially. We lost that against Huddersfield. I couldn't believe the way we just changed two or three years' worth of tactic and a step back towards our normal selves would be really appreciated and something the fans deserve as well I think
2: yeah I think obviously Liverpool's a place I think we I mean, only won there once out of our 13 years in the Premier League I think I oh, was in Martin skirt alone across on like it? a Tuesday night I remember being there it was just it was just like okay it, this this is happening and so yeah i think we're not going to expect anything but we just want to see some sort of reaction from the players because i think this season we we haven't had an identity we've we've shown glimpses of playing well in the game against burnley in the second half against watford in bits against spurs but we haven't shown it. And I think there's no point in going back and trying to sit back because we can't defend anyway. I think you should go out and attack Liverpool. I mean, they haven't looked at their greatest this season. I think that's down to Roberto Firmino. I don't think he's been at his best. There's been times where he's not been playing and I think he's so critical to that front three. Obviously, I would say Mane's probably been the best out of the front three for them this season. They've been getting better results than they were last season, but they haven't been playing as well. I think we've seen teams cause them trouble. We saw Huddersfield cause them a lot of problems when Liverpool were to go to the St. John Smith State not St. John Smith so I don't know why that. <laughs> but the John Smith stadium I mean he might be a saying up there but I think we can cause problems it's not like we've played terrible all season long we have shown we can play well and if you look to our team against Huddersfield you'd argue on paper that's one of our best sides of bar maybe Alfie Mawson and then I think you can argue there wasn't any effort being shown by the players and I think You've seen whenever the players from last season have played, they actually have shown the effort. I mean, Stephanie Hansen, I know, is our most attacking substitute from from the bench on Monday night, which is a disgrace anyway. But I think in these type of games, you can't have passengers. You need players who are going to put the effort in. And I think we could see a very Slav Bingo-esque team come Sunday.
4: Well, how do you approach it? You're right. I mean, is it damage limitation or do we go out there to prove a point and really prove to everybody in the division that we're not going to be the whipping boys? Sadly, watching it on Monday, sorry, straying back to the Huddersfield game, we had no attacking intent and there was nobody that actually wanted to show for the ball in the midfield. There was no dynamism whatsoever. And against a team like Liverpool, we're going to get picked off. And on the break, regardless of the fact that Roberto Firmino and Mohamed Salah haven't necessarily been firing on all cylinders, they're still going to hurt us because we look so frail defensively. It's just the manner in which we approach them at Anfields. We haven't necessarily had a great record there in recent years. All you're looking for is just a little minor reaction from some of the predominant figures heads out there. You know, we've got Tom Kearney back, maybe who's rushed into it a little bit too early against Huddersfield, but he's a massive catalyst for us moving forward because 'cause we've spoken about it before. He's a link between Mitrovic, who has been contained and kept quiet. He's been, you know, tethered in the last couple of weeks, last three weeks most notably. We haven't actually hit the back of the net. And that has to change. If we don't actually exert ourselves and flex our offensive muscles against Liverpool or at least try and cause them a few problems, then it's going to be a very long afternoon for us away from home once again.
3: Something I've been saying for a few weeks is because we're playing so badly and we are changing quite a lot, there weren't that many changes from the Man City to Huddersfield game. But irrespective of those two fixtures, there's an opportunity for a player to come in and play yourself into the team, especially in defence. But even in midfield, now that Surrey's gone off the boil, McDonald and Johansson both came on the other night I thought they added something different and were a bit better I mean Huddersfield away is the type of fixture I'd expect to see them starting over um, Anguisa you know they've done it before they've got that experience that physicality especially but like you said I'm worried about the fact we've rushed back Kearney too soon I was worried about last season and it took him time to get going obviously he did so that's great but I wouldn't be surprised to see him dropped on Sunday. I mean, what do you think we're going to go team-wise on Sunday, Don? Well,
2: another position I'm looking at is, I mean, Christie was so bad against Arsenal, everyone was sort of calling for him to be dropped. And then Timothy Fosu-Menta came back from his injury. He's been absolute toilet since (laughs) he's come back, basically. And when Christie came on, actually, against Huddersfield, I thought he did all right. They've kind of switched
4: fortunes, haven't they? Yeah, he looked pretty solid when he came on. He has more of a defensive, assured mind about him, whereas we all said we needed somebody of a little bit more brawn going up the right channel just to give us a little bit more assurance on the attack But maybe he's not 100% fit especially in terms of that physicality
3: like
2: affecting his mental yeah. choices because it's just he seems to have lost all defensive awareness since he's come back from his injury
3: yeah and obviously his injury was to his shoulder wasn't it so maybe that's affecting his mentality like you said yeah. being a bit less physical I think we've seen it with Liverpool player Salah you know like he obviously had that shoulder injury and he's at a slow start to the season it really could affect these players you know when a player doesn't injure their leg, that you think, oh, they should be fit straight away, you know? And we sometimes don't take into account that mentality sides. And hopefully he'll get back up to speed soon. I'd be surprised if he started on Sunday, though. I think Christy did play well enough to play himself into the team.
2: We spoke about Johansson before. Cam, you, you wrote about in your article your five talking points from the game about the lack of midfield cohesion. Yeah. Do we have an answer to the midfield conundrum? Because obviously it's been the same three players for the last two seasons. Is it worth going back to that? So going back to what we know?
4: Well, I guess it's kind of transpiring from defensive frailties and problems at the moment. It's slowly infecting you know, the midfield regiment and the offensive regiment. I don't necessarily believe that there's anybody better equipped to deal with the Premier League as Anguissa is, as Tom Kearney is, as Seri is on the pitch together at the same time. I believe that they can forge a prosperous working relationship with one another. But once again, we've got Liverpool coming up at the weekend. We need somebody with a little bit more flair, a little bit more guard in their game just to try and unlock their midfield because we know how dominant they are on the ball and they know their team so well. Going back towards last season, do we throw Kevin Macdonald back into the mix? Do we throw Stefan Johansson back into the mix once again with Tom Kearney? Maybe, but I don't really feel that that's got enough potency and enough creativity in that midfield to cope with the pressures of the Premier League. And that's where ultimately we're faltering at the moment is trying to marry the brawn and the tenacity with a little bit more of an intelligence and it's knowing when to stick, it's knowing when to press, it's knowing when to hold the ball, when to give the ball and it's just causing a problem at the moment. It's hindering us, especially in the scoring department because we're not providing.
3: Liverpool aren't blowing away teams this season either. As we've said, I remember I think their first home game of the season was against Brighton at home who are exactly the kind of team that we need to be basing ourselves on at the moment. I think a few weeks ago, we were saying, oh, we can't completely strip ourselves of our identity and abandon all attacking flair. Well, we've lost attacking flair. We haven't scored in three games. We do need to strip back now. We do need to do what Brighton do. They play up front with Murray. He's 35 years old. Yes, he's their talisman. Everything goes through him. But look where we're on the table. They beat Manny this season. They're no mugs. And we need to base ourselves on that kind of play now, I think. And Slavisa did abandon everything on Monday, it seems. The amount of times that Le Marchand did that rubbish little down-the-line chip ball to Mitrovic, I was so angry at that alone. We'd need to go back to a defensive shape. And whether that be Adoy, Mawson, Le on whoever, we need to use Liverpool, like we did use Man City in the Cup, as another training. And Brighton only lost 1-0 at Liverpool, which I would take right now, especially considering... Goal difference. I think we've already lost a point on goal difference coming into the season.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. If you look at Newcastle, I know they only won their first game of the season on the weekend, but they've now won the same amount of games as us, and they're not that bad at the back. Golden difference is only like minus nine, minus eight, something like that. So I think, as you said, when you're down the bottom, goal difference doesn't mean everything. Like when you're fighting for the top of the table, it's like another point, and it means you're another point behind, which isn't really helpful with where we are at the moment, sitting at the bottom of the table. But it's at that stage of season where, if you win or get a string of results that go your way, you can fly up the table. Yes, you are. we are bottom of the table and we are playing absolutely terrible at the moment. But I think, again, we're a team that we're not like, let's use an example, like Newcastle, who get a string of results, then lose a string of results. A bit like Palace as well. A bit like Watford, who, once we get on a run, we continue on that run. We look devoid of confidence. We look devoid of anything that we looked like last season or the last two seasons. The amount of times we've got late goals or we've been able to shore up the back in you know, late in games, but it doesn't seem to any of that left. Yes, I know we've gone up a division but it just seems that everything that was the identity of our squad previously isn't there right now.
4: You're right in the fact that we're consistent. We certainly are at the moment. We're consistently losing. The Premier League is, like football is in general, is a results business, and you can't take anything for granted. But in that respect, it also alters very quickly. And if we end up going up to Liverpool with a little bit more gusto, a little bit more wind in our sails, you never know what can happen. You can hurt teams. We've got a lot. Of offensive flair in our squad I mean you look at the likes of Andre Scherler for a start I know that he shanked one a little bit wide against Huddersfield but at least he's trying to you know force an issue it's odd and compared to last season running up towards Christmas we're in the same sort of position we were languishing towards the bottom end of the table we didn't really have much going for us there's not much prosperity in the squad and we also thought that maybe Slav was on his way out as well this time last year And then all of a sudden we lose to Sunderland and that was a bit of a kick in the teeth away from home. All of a sudden after that we ended up picking up the results. There was a little bit more fight, there was a little bit more belief in the squad. And that's ultimately what the club's all about. We've all got to stick and we've all got to get behind the lads each week that we're there. And never ever give up, basically. Never give up.
2: I don't think we can get much lower than we did on Monday night. So what do we do on from here I mean we've got obviously the Liverpool game but what is there to build on is there anything to build on
3: I'm not sure Cam's touching it but the thing that worries me the most is the lack of attacking potency that we seem to have lost in the last three games so we always had that to rely on you know we scored in opening few games of the season apart from Palace so I think that is what is worrying me most I want to build on that I was always kind of on the opinion which I had been thrown around for quite a while that as soon as we had a settled back four or back five even with a goalkeeper then it would just click and that's what Slav seems to think as well so you know Slav bingo he's going to try every f- combination under the sun and eventually one's going to stick so I was kind of a- of that opinion as well but now that we've kind of lost we know one shot on target in Tyler's Fields which is not good enough what's right. that
2: now two shots on target in the last two games that's, yeah. that's just that's not acceptable
3: no and especially considering like, the amount of shots Scherler has <laughs> you know he shoots from every angle all over the pitch so I'm always worried about the attacking
2: if we just quickly touch on Sherlock. Is does the, some of the stuff he does, which is a bit sort of showboaty and he scores some very nice goals, is that overmasking how bad he is in part?
4: You want somebody to change things for the better and you want somebody to be confident on the ball, especially, but sometimes I just think he gets caught in the headlights a little bit and he doesn't actually lift his head up to realise he's got support around him. And I think that might be masking his naivety a little bit. Being in the Bundesliga... Watching the football, it's quite high octane. It's quite high pressured, but he's always got an option. And in the Premier League, it's such fine margins between space and being closed. So I think sometimes he just forgets his margins a little bit. Going forward, so it's just an odd one. I can't really put my finger on it. I mean, there's times where he excites you, but there's also times where you just slap your face for your palm and you can't really figure him out. Same with Vietto, though. Really. Who do you think was the worst of our attacking three on Monday, Dom?
2: I'd say Sherlock, I mean, he got a seven in the times. I'm like, what game were you watching? <laughs> nah. But to close it off, what team would you start on on um, Sunday, Cam?
4: Stick with Rico. Well,
2: I thought he was one of our best players yeah, on
4: I agree. Yeah, he was always poised. He always wanted to make that save, and he did, especially with the deflected shot. It's the uh, centre halves, which is uh, still a conundrum. I like Lamar Chand, but there's still a little bit of naivety creeping into his game, especially with his nonchalant flicks and pirouettes. I think there was a stat that he won the most tackles and made the most interceptions on Monday
3: night. So I didn't think he actually played that badly without the ball. He was our best defender, I thought. Yeah. I'd bring in Mawson alongside him. Again, we've probably rushed him back too soon. We arguably rushed back Kearney and fossey too soon as well. That is the manager's responsibility at the end of the day. And if he does it again continually then that's a bad fault to have. But anyway, Morsom and Le Marchand is what I'd go for. And I'd, I'd say go. Christie played in, played himself into the team. Especially a game... Or
2: Fosu-Mense played himself out, he?
3: Yeah. I think Fosu-Mense <clears Mance throat> just needs a cooling off period, really. And a rest. Obviously, Sunday is a game we're not expected to win at all. So it is a freebie for Christie at right-back again. He might struggle against a better attack like he did against Arsenal. Apart from that, if Brian's not fit, then Sess Sess at left-back. Yeah, and that's it. That's the back five that I'll go for.
2: Yeah, as much as we don't want to play him there, I guess you kind of have to. Obviously, McDonald came off of an injury. We don't really know what the full extent of it is yet. So you'd argue, would you go with the same midfield again? Would you go with the anguissa seri Kearney midfield?
3: I think I'd give it more minutes.
2: We can't argue for this continuity in the mid- in the midfield in the out, and the defence about them want to change things up. I think it will be the midfield three then, the front three you'd imagine would stay the same unless yeah. he does something crazy and decides to bring back a or Kamara. <laughs> I don't know why Ayite and Cabana disappeared too. surprised they weren't both on the bench on Monday yeah, the, night.
3: The bench was a joke on Monday, wasn't it?
2: But I'd imagine it's going to be a pretty similar 11. You might see another centre back difference like bring Morton in maybe or make just because you have that Premier League experience in there then you've got Saras Christie possibly coming for Fosu because Fosu hasn't looked the same since he got that injury against Everton so that that's probably would be a normal team for us I don't know what we're expecting we're just expecting a bit more not dynamism, but I think the only way is to attack Liverpool. I don't really think there's no point sitting back because we can't defend. If you're like a defensive block, even like Cardiff tried to do, they still lost 4-1 or 4-2, whatever it was. So I think for us, it's about just attacking and making Liverpool scare. They're not on a good run of form. I know they're still unbeaten in the league this season, but they lost midweek to Red Star Belgrade in their first ever Champions League win. So I think if we go and attack them and we don't just get embarrassed this weekend, I think it will be a good result for us. To get an opposition fan perspective on things, Samikov of John Gibbons from the Ample Wrap ahead of Sunday's game.
1: Hello and welcome to this preview on Fulhamish. My name's Sammy James, and I'm here at the home of the Anfield Rap. It's uh, an honour to be here. It's uh, a podcast I've been a fond admirer of for a long time. Kind of the OG, really, when it comes to <laughs> fan content. So uh, it's really great to be here doing uh, the podcast and also uh, a video for our YouTube channel as well. I'm here with the host and founder, John Gibbons. How are you doing?
5: Well, one of the hosts and founders. I don't want to take the whole credit for uh, it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you're definitely one of the key men behind, uh, behind its rise. But yeah, thanks
5: for coming down. It's nice of you to come all the way up to Liverpool for
1: this. Well, thank you for having me. I was over in Manchester and uh, I thought the opportunity was too great, yeah. to be honest, when I realised I'll just pop over uh, on a Thursday <laughs> evening and uh, have a chat to you about Sunday's game, which of course, Liverpool versus Fulham at Anfield on Sunday. Now, um, I saw a video on your channel earlier and you said uh, a Liverpool in crisis. <laughs> and I,
0: know you were,
1: I know you were joking a little bit. Obviously, you've uh, had a little bit of a rough patch, but I mean, I don't want to be all Crocodile Dundee when he goes. You call that a knife? This is a knife, but you call that a crisis? No, I know. I'm, uh... I'm fully aware. that Like <laughs> as Liverpool
5: fans, we must we must sound ridiculous when we're moaning about like three games without a win or yeah. something like that. And I think it's kind of you know always been always been the way, but it just is a little bit concerning as a Liverpool fan that that we haven't quite clicked yeah we haven't quite hit the heights that you know this this team's capable of so I mean the results have, have been by and large pretty good but there was always the suspicion that that you know we were getting results without necessarily playing well and although that's a, a good trait of a football team you know eventually you either need to start playing well or, or you will kind of you know revert to kind of mean if you like and, and that sort of feels like a little bit what what's happening it feels like that red star was, was results was something that was maybe coming so is it not the perfect time then to be
1: facing a, a team bottom of the league if you're looking to get a bit of confidence back after yeah. a slightly shaky spell? You must have looked at the fixture list and gone, phew, thank God it's not a City <laughs> or, uh, or a Man United or something yeah, this weekend. It getting- does
5: depend because sometimes, obviously, a big game. You know, you can get up for it, and you can, you know, you put other things out of your mind and focus on it. They say, like with a, with a, with the a derby, for example, they say form books out the window and stuff, and all those cliches. So sometimes a big game can be can be good for you, but. I mean, to be honest, we've just recorded our, our weekend. The show, looking forward to the game, and there was—I'll be honest—a few comments in the um, in the, amongst the, the panel saying if you could pick a game, then it'd be this one. Not just because Fulham are struggling, but obviously because of your defensive record as yeah. well. You're a, you're an open team. You're not a team who who necessarily knows how to come and. Well, it doesn't seem to me, anyway. I'm, I'm aware. I'm telling you about your football yeah, team now, no, but no, 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 but, uh, but it doesn't seem to be a team who can come and naturally frustrate Park the bus. It seems to be a team who mainly kind of want to play the football. Really. So that might play, hopefully, into Liverpool's yeah. hands.
1: So why do you think the Liverpool haven't been clicking in the past few games? From the outside, it, it looks like everything's really rosy. I mean, you're still unbeaten. Surely you couldn't have asked for too much more um, no. from, from the opening 11-12 games. Yeah,
5: I mean, it's worth putting out that our, run was, our opening games were actually really tough. You know, We've played four of the top five teams in, in, in the Premier League at the moment. You know, a lot of those away from home as well, and so it has has been a tough start. And I think that tough start just just taking it a bit, a little bit out of the squad at the moment. And also the the new players who've come in haven't quite found the feet yet. And so I don't think the manager's been able to rotate quite as much as he'd like to. So we haven't seen huge amounts from the likes of Fabino and Kaita, who who we had high hopes for coming into the season. And so it's been mainly been what Jürgen Klopp calls his Is he's yeah. tried and trusted you win your you Milners and they just look like a little bit with all these especially with the intensity of the games you played that they've been a little bit kind of run into the ground so it's now time for these other guys to step up really and and look we're all hoping that they'll do that so yeah results look it's, it's eight wins out of 11 and three draws I understand how that looks you know in terms of me kind of Moaning. I'm not moaning. The team's done. The <laughs> team's done great, but they just feel a little bit kind of flat at the moment. It feels like that the, there's a, maybe missing a little bit of a creative spark. You know, obviously we lost Coutinho last January. Then Oxley Chamberlain really stepped up out up for us, but he's out yeah. for the season. What a shame
1: when he went got yeah. injured. But well,
5: it was a horrible moment for him because he'd had a, a sort of brilliant two months, the sort of yeah. period that his career had been building up yeah. to. If you like earlier, then and then kind of got that injury and look, we really missed him in that final in Kiev, but you know it's it, this season it's just it just we haven't quite had that player who can, who can join the attackers from midfield and as a result we've just sort of looked a little bit predictable at times and look you can be predictable and 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 still be hard to to defend against because you know Mo Salah being predictable still kind of Mo Salah but i don't know it's just it's just we've just been slightly easier to defend against this season than we have been in the past so and look this is all in the in the balance of what Manchester City are doing and that's why i think there's a little bit in in the back of Liverpool fans' head as well that we just feel a little bit spooked kind of by yeah. the fact that Man City might just win every game and then what do you do? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and not just win every game but yeah. spank every team exactly, that they Sam, play exactly. along the way. Um, last season, a lot of the criticism against Liverpool would be that games like this, home to a team struggling, would be a time where Liverpool would often drop points. Um, I think, did Swansea win at Anfield? We lost like... away at Swansea. Yeah, oh the yeah, that, stadium, that was, yeah, that was it. Um but this season it looks like that fragility in liverpool has gone which i guess isn't good news from a Fulham perspective you've kind of been batting away the teams that you should be expecting to beat frankly
5: yeah it's funny as as my kind of life of of following liverpool it's either been we've had a season beating all the teams we should but rubbish against the big teams or all the other way around we've never quite managed to marry the two and i guess that's why we haven't won you know a title in the premier league era really it's all about consistency isn't it and these games have been a potential banana skin in, in, in the past for us i Record against the teams who got relegated last year was appalling um, I'm not sure quite why that was but you know it's we, because we, yeah, Stoke got
1: a point later on in the well, season we played West they? Brom
5: three times and didn't win any of them which is bad because <laughs> everyone beat West Brom they even knocked us out the FA Cup <laughs> which is like ridiculous you know what I mean so we managed to um, yeah, draw home and, home and, home and away um, in, in the league with West Brom and then, I then got knocked out the FA Cup Yeah, Stoke got something at Anfield Yeah, that was, that was towards the end of the season where we were resting a few for the Champions League but still it was a decent enough team and so, yeah, that, that would, yeah, you've got to be worried now, Sammy. But, um, but, no, but, but this season, I think what they've got better at this season, to be fair to praise them, is we haven't quite been the amazing 100% Liverpool that you saw blitz teams last year. But what we have got better at is when we dropped to 70, 80% getting those results. And I think that was my criticism a little bit last year is we're either brilliant and battier yeah, or if our level just drops a little bit, then we're likely to draw the game or, 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 or scrape through. Whereas this season, there has been a few games, you know, the Cardiff, we beat them 4-1 at home, we barely got out of second gear. And, you know, I mean, Cardiff are struggling at the moment, but it's still, it's a, it's a 4-1 victory without kind of doing ever too much. of yeah. That's the kind of thing we were struggling to do last season, definitely. Yeah, sure. so, that, so that is a little bit of the positive, hopefully we'll see a little bit more from Liverpool this weekend.
1: So it's a midday kickoff on Sunday. Obviously, Anfield is the... Famous stadium for atmosphere, but surely even Liverpool fans might find it a little bit tougher to create the famous atmosphere yeah there won't be it's much. a horrible kickoff time isn't there won't
5: it? be much on Sunday in terms of atmosphere if if Fulham fans are coming up over to, to, to kind of, to see much you know you might get on you never walk alone to kind of clear everyone 's hangovers, and that'll be about it i think it's a, it's yeah it's as you say it 's no time to play football cop hates them, and that 's something that that is maybe, you know, something to think about from a Fulham point of view is that he, he openly kind of, you know, despises these these kind of he calls them morning games, you know, what it is but <laughs> it is practically morning, yeah. isn't it? You know, and it's noticeable that the pre- our press conference, we're calling this Thursday night, our press conference is at ten A. M. tomorrow, which is three hours before he normally does them. And I think the idea behind that is he'll then the team will then train earlier so they'll then train at 11 and then hopefully do some stuff on Saturday as well to get them used to kind of playing kind of football at that time and used to kind of that intensity because, you know, it's eating pasta at seven in the morning and stuff and we say footballers are well-paid but it's still like an unnatural kind of Well, Wayne
1: Rooney used to complain about it all the time, that kind of, why am I eating carbohydrates (laughs) at 6.30 (laughs) for breakfast? And whilst it does seem very petty to be moaning about that kind of thing when you're paid so much, I can see how it must disrupt the flow. So what went wrong then on Tuesday in Belgrade is that something that maybe you know I'd like to think Fulham would give Red Star Belgrade a game. Yeah. So it's giving me a bit of hope that there might be something
5: in this. For yeah, us? he I think there was a mixture of things really. He he rested a few and the guys who, didn't, who came in didn't do great. So Studdage came in, got hooked at half-time, which is a shame for him because he's actually looked pretty good this season. Lallana comes in and just doesn't look sharp enough at the moment. He's obviously been a really good player, not just for Liverpool, but throughout his career. But he just feels like he's had one too many injuries now and it's all kind of caught up with him a little bit. Matip came in at centre-half. He's probably our fourth-choice centre-half now and and just didn't look really look at the races, didn't look as solid. and. And the back line looked a bit more disjointed. And defensively, we've been excellent this season. And so it It just... And then, and then the guys who were who were normally in the team who you were hoping to step up just had a bit of an off night. So it was just a bit of a disaster all around. To to be honest, I wouldn't look huge amounts into it if I was a kind of a Fulham fan because I think it was it was one of those where whatever could go wrong kind of did, really. I can't imagine we'll play as badly again you know, as that again. But but it might be a little bit of a dent to the confidence. It might be a little bit of a... And there's just a little sign that the front three are maybe you know, trying to find the way out of a bit of bad form by just shooting every time they get the ball rather than looking to work with each other. Looked at from three last season when they were on, it was like having four players, you know, they were everywhere and they were understanding. Yeah. This year, just been a little bit more, I mean, that itself is just the right, is the right way, just a, a little bit too keen to kind of be the one to score and, and you know, it's it's, it's not quite worked out. But, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be looking too much into that Star game to be honest. So how do you see Sunday going, truthfully, from a Liverpool
1: perspective? Do you expect it to be difficult because I mean you look at the form book I saw somewhere that Fulham are 25 to 1 to win on Sunday it feels like a bit of a lost hope of them being truly honest from a Fulham perspective but do you see it going fully to plan or do you expect there to be maybe not as easy as some are expecting
5: I don't think I don't think any games easy and I think Fulham have got good players and although I talked before about you maybe not being the most natural team defensively to get men behind the ball and things like that you know there's obviously players who can have a go as well and who who, will look to kind of get on the ball where we can and so I think we'll need to be a bit careful that we're not complacent because I think you know you you can suddenly find yourself 1-0 down and and then it's a it's a very difficult game so I think Fulham have got good players but I just think we're all hoping that Tuesday's a bit of a wake-up call for this team and it happened last season we went to Spurs and got before one at Wembley and we were dreadful and and after that we went on a fantastic run and we're all hoping that the Red Star moment is that Spurs moment from last year where, where our season kind of really kicks in which is obviously bad news for Fulham but... I mean, it's it is difficult for me without you know. I'm trying to be kind of a little bit diplomatic. It, it is difficult for me to, to not see us win yeah, at, yeah. at the weekend. I just I it's just... difficult for me to see
1: anything other than <laughs> yeah, a massive but,
5: Liverpool but, but win. But I don't. But I think you know you've got it players can't be complacent because we saw what happened on Tuesday when there was a little bit of that I think
1: yeah I'm certainly hoping that there's a chance that also Huddersfield for Fulham might be a bit of a wake-up call it was definitely the kind of nadir of our season yeah I thought that Cardiff was the nadir of our season but it just keeps on getting worse and worse for Fulham at the moment and the pressure is so high on the players and on Jukanovic that maybe it might spark a response from us as well and maybe if you can just get yourself into a lead and maybe Fulham can you know, hold on get a point and I think actually for, for Fulham a point on Sunday would be a brilliant brilliant result potentially even a season changing result just mm. to get a point at Anfield a really difficult place this season so I'm, I'm hoping that's how it happens. Um, go on then give me a a, a quick prediction for the game.
5: Uh, 3-0 I think Liverpool I think yeah we're just we're just not conceding goals at home and I think although you've got some good players you know Cardiff st- scored against us and it was just it was a bit of a shock to be honest with you yeah. we've forgotten what it was like our, our home record defensively is excellence and I think we've got enough firepower and especially with with your defence struggle and a bit I think you know at least three for the Reds Cool um, John it was an honour to be
1: here lovely to meet you and chat about Sunday's game I hope that your prediction doesn't come true but I don't <laughs> see too much else happening to be honest so uh Thank you for chatting to Fulhamish. Cheers, pleasure.
3: Hello, I'm Brett Ahangelen and you are listening to the Fulhamish podcast.
1: Fulhamish has teamed up with OneFootball, the only football app that you need this season. Uh, you can get it on both the App Store and on Google Play. Using personalised news feeds, push notifications and a user-friendly interface, OneFootball makes it easy to keep up to date with the latest transfer news, scores and stats in one central place. Check
2: out the OneFootball app and let us know what you think of it. Right, so that was Sammy talking to John Gibbons from the Anfield Wrap ahead of Sunday's game at Anfield. A lovely midday kickoff for all the Fulham fans heading up there. Yeah, remember to check out Beyond the Whistle and On the Road on Fulhamish YouTube and Fulhamish. Website we got we do so many good articles. Cam always writes his five thoughts from the game after. We, and then obviously on the YouTube channel we've got Jack Kelly's fan cams. We've got the on the road for away days, which I hope David Preston's back. We need is a uh, his lovely I don't know artistic
3: D- dig at Sammy yeah, there. Yeah,
2: just, just dig out Sammy Jack. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it can't, it can't be a bit of Dave Preston. So, yeah, that was Sammy talking down for And on the Love Sport Radio Fan Show, which which me and Guy do and up with either Cam or George Singer on a Wednesday night on Love Sport Radio, which you can count on 5.58am 5, 5 or DAB in London or anywhere in the world or the planet on lovesportradio.com, wherever you are, drop it there, half eight to ten on Wednesday evenings. And this week we spoke to former Fulham player Rob Scott. I played everywhere, to be honest. And More
0: so when I left Fulham and went up to Roderick, I played in every position them apart from uh, as a goalkeeper so i think i was probably i've mean, spoken to a couple of my old coaches that haven't retired they said it was great you know you play whenever you were asked to play and you know that was just the way it was i wanted to play football whether it was a right back center forward right winger whatever it was so just quite happy to play really and you know more so at fulham i had my best times at fulham as a right-sided striker in a front three so that's where i kind of started off in my non-league days as a as a right winger so that's probably uh my more natural position, should we say, but uh, yeah, I played everywhere and enjoyed every minute of it, really. So you reckon you could still do a
2: job a uh, team at the moment? I mean, surely it couldn't get worse.
0: I don't know about doing a job, uh, you know, tough getting down the stairs in the morning these days, but it's a struggle, struggle for them. You know, obviously, I haven't watched the game on Monday against Huddersfield. Both teams struggling to score, but the issues that Furnham have got more well, being more pertinent about them is, they can't keep clean sheets, and if, you, if you're not scoring, and you're not keeping clean sheets, there's only one obvious result. You know, I think it was a fairly obvious that they needed to strengthen in the defensive areas, and, you know, they brought Alfie Mawson in, and it just hasn't worked for him at the moment. You know, I'm not saying it will always work instantly. You know, he's come into the club from Swansea, but it just hasn't quite clicked for him yet, so it's been a bit of a, a reshuffle every couple of weeks for the club, and they can't get a balance at the moment. and They don't look strong defensively, and you know, when you're going out to the pitch knowing that you're possibly going to concede it, that makes a bit more pressure on the uh, the attacking lads and they're possibly not getting the supply that they need. Mikrovic isn't getting as many chances as he did last year in the Championship, which is pretty obvious as the reasons why, but it is a struggle and it's not going to get any easier down there. When you're down there and lacking confidence as well, it's really tough to get out of it. In the
2: last few years under Slavisa Dukanovic, Fulham have built this identity as a club as a team who likes to pass the ball around, play nice football and... I mean, that identity seems to be as lost. I mean, the last time we probably showed any sort of identity that we had all last season in the Premier League was probably the second half against Watford, and that was, what, the beginning of September or October, whenever it Mm -hmm. was. And why do you think we've lost this sort of playing style and what's happened with it?
0: What you have to appreciate and I'm sure you're well aware is that the opposition is, is uh, much, much better. You know, I'm working within a premiership club now and you just have to look at the players that they have. You know, you're looking at mid-table now at the premiership and they've got excellent international players and that's the difference. The Championship is a good league in its own right. It's a massive step up to the premiership. There's no two ways about it and he's probably got stuck in between two stalls now. He's got the players that he had last year and, and they have recruited Players that can play the way that he wanted to play. Because obviously at the beginning of the season, he didn't envisage this happening. So he wanted to carry on playing the same way. So he brought players in that would fit that mould, shall we say. And when it doesn't go your way, then you start to question what's been put in front of you. You know, Is it, is it right to play this? I'm not saying that's coming from the top, but the players will question it. If it's not working, then instinctively try to do something else. And that's where they're not set up to do that. They possibly can only play the way that he the manager wants them to play and and that isn't working at the moment.
3: A lot of the Fulham players in the last few weeks especially have come out and said that you know, there's a lack of fight or desire. That is effectively calling out other members of the team in the dressing room, you know? Being in the dressing room, can you tell when other players just aren't up for it?
0: I was very fortunate to play for primarily two clubs the multitude of my career one was being fulham and one was being rotherham and they were both very similar you know the fulham that what i was involved in was very different from the one that it is now and it was about players pulling together or working together to get out of a situation that initially wasn't very good and then it developed from there but i have been in addressing them briefly where that wasn't the case and it was alien to me and that, that, you know i was always brought up that was the first and foremost you work hard first and then the rest of it comes along after that. And uh, once that starts to go, then you know there's little clicks developing. Within it. I'm not saying that there are, but that if that's the case, then it's difficult to retrieve that situation. And the problem with the transfer windows you have now, you can't do anything about it until January. So you basically have to muddle through uh, until January when you can, can make some changes. And unfortunately, the way football works these days, managers aren't often given that long to rectify things.
4: With your managerial experience, with a fairly comprehensive uh, win percentage record as well, at the likes of uh, Oakston Town, Boston United and Grimsby Town, touching on it, how would you actually address the dressing room at the moment and get the best out of him? I mean, well, Tom Kearney, the likes of all the figureheads in the, in the squad itself, I mean, they've got a lot of onus to actually pull him out of a tough position at the moment. And uh, once again, from a managerial perspective, you know, how would you attack this situation personally yourself if you were in a dressing room yeah. as the manager?
0: It's a very difficult one when you're speaking from the outside looking. I out, don't know the personalities of the other players, and you know, unfortunately, in the game that we know today, it's very different from the one that probably I was dealing in. I think, like I said, I just touched on there about the transfer window. You can lose players very easily. They know that five, six games can go past, them and the manager can be sacked. We've seen it. I'm not saying that. again that that's happening there, but players can down tools. But I think that's quite the case at the moment. There might be a little bit of infighting. I don't mind that. Personally, I've been at clubs where there's been fights in training and that is just due to purely down to frustration, annoyance that somebody maybe isn't pulling their weight. And sometimes it's probably society as a whole people don't like to be told anymore. Um, it's all nicey-nicey and, and that probably isn't what needs to be said at the moment. Maybe a few home truths need to be said and if players don't like it, put somebody else in the team. It's not like they're upsetting people who've gone past that now. I think it's a case of doing what needs to be said, doing what needs to be done. If it means making changes, then make those changes and that might just work for you. And you pick up a couple of results and then everything starts to change again.
1: A couple of weeks, I talked about Jokanovic and how I felt he was getting an easy ride from the press because of the pressure that was on Jose Mourinho. It seems to have eased on Mourinho somewhat. And Jokanovic has been thrust into the limelight. Do you think that defeat at Liverpool could sort of see the end of him obviously we've got an international break coming up this is a time where clubs do like to change managers especially when they've got two weeks to potentially work with the squad can you see maybe the Fulham board having an itchy trigger finger and deciding
5: to make a change this early on?
0: From what's been said briefly uh, over the last few weeks I'd be surprised if they did make a decision over the international break. I think it go one of two ways as you said it could go the negative way for Kanovic or it could be that the board decide to say let's give him some time during the international break to put some things into place, let's let's see what they can do. And it might be that they come back from the international break and they judge him on a couple of results after that. That could well be the case. I mean, they have come out and said that you know they support what he does, and they're quite happy or well, not happy, but they're okay with the way things go in terms of who's in charge. I don't know this industry; you never know from one week to the next what's going to happen. The pressure mounts. It depends what happens when. There are home games. I think the attitude of the fans can sometimes obviously have an influence. Sometimes when you lose, when you're in a position they are, it's not always the loss. It's the manner of the loss. And I think that was probably one of the things that stuck in the fans' throat on Monday was the manner of the defeat. It was pretty limp. It was lifeless. It was non-energetic. There was no invention. There was no creativity. And I think that was a lot of things after last season the the fans expected this year and it was so far away from that. I think a lot of them have lost a little bit of patience, but it takes one game to turn that around, and it's a very, very tough place to go and try and get it on the weekend.
3: Going back to happier times with your Fulham <laughs> career, what was the highlight of your Fulham career, I guess?
0: The promotion. Obviously, getting promoted when we beat Carl R. Didn't play in that game, and that's something that was fairly disappointing. Mickey Adams made a decision to change the team around, and, and it paid off. There were so many highlights in that season. It, the start of the season, pre-season, was great, getting the lads in. It was a load of new faces. We went down to uh, South West and had, had a few days down there pre-season. And it was great just playing with young lads in a group. There was myself, Paul Watson, Darren Freeman, Richard Carpenter, Martin Thomas. You know, there was a real good young group, but also some experienced season pros. So it was great. You know, the whole season was a bit of a crest of a me. It was my first real full season playing in a first team to get promotion in that season was was brilliant and uh, to cap it off uh, i remember mansfield away when we actually were guaranteed to to be promoted and then we sealed it out there it was a not very good performance but it was the end of a long season but some of the trips were brilliant they probably wouldn't happen now you know on the bus on the way home you'd have the lads up singing karaoke and stopping off and off license and getting a crate of beer it was great but times had changed a little bit but uh, i wouldn't change it for anything it was some really really good times and uh yeah, I was only out for dinner last week with Paul Watson talking about it, he's now at Sheffield United, he's the uh, head of uh, medical up there so I live 20 minutes away from him so we met up and had a good chat and reminisced so uh, it's great, you know, it didn't seem as long as it as it was it seems like yesterday but you know, I was very fortunate to get on the time when the club was probably at its lowest head and then within a short space of time the club had started to bounce back and You don't realise it at the time. After I left, I think one of the reasons behind Mohamed al fayed coming in was we never got promoted. I don't think it got anywhere near the club, to be perfectly honest. I think now the fans understand this as well as the players over there at the time that was the start of the ball rolling. I'm very proud to have been a part
2: of that. So I'd like to thank everyone for their content on the, on this week's Fulhamish X Obviously, we spoke to the Anfield Rat with John Gibbons. That Sammy spoke to. We obviously spoke to Rob Scott, former Fulham player, who a lot of people were tweeting him very happy with. I think a lot of females found him very attractive in his playing days. So <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that was that was probably why. We'll see you all on Sunday at midday at Anfield. If you're not there, obviously we'll be doing the live tweets on the Twitter account. It's been Fulhamish. I've been with Guy Barlow. Goodbye. Cameron Ramsey making his pod debut. Good night. We'll see you guys later.